What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mastermind Podcast. And today we got our special guest, Tracy, here with us. And we're here to learn from Tracy about her journey becoming a business owner and running her own real estate coaching program. Would you like to introduce yourself to the people? Sure, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Brayden. It's uh, Tracy. I'm from Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. And I'm here to try to help as many people as I can figure out how to make money and enjoy and design their reality so they can have a lovely and peaceful and calm retirement one day. I love it. So like, where's your story start? Tell us from the beginning and like, how did you get to where you are today? Okay. Well, my background is telecommunications. So I've been a telecommunications salesperson. Um, yeah, I go all the way back to the beginning. I always wanted to be a uh, dress up and, and be, work in an office. That was always the dream. And uh, then I went to university, got into computers, got into telecommunications and sales, and then went into management. Um, and then I joined uh, one of the largest telecommunications company in Canada as the chief operating officer. So I ran call centers and people, and I really love helping, I guess, from a customer service perspective. So that was where my corporate experience was. And fortunately, I worked for a really great entrepreneurial driven telecom company who always encouraged us to, you know, do our own thing. And I started Design Your Reality as a bit of a side hustle. What could I do to help people? Um, I felt like I, you know, women in general don't like to talk about money. I love talking about money. I love financing. I love investing. How can I you know, show other women how to not be afraid of spreadsheets. And I guess running your life like a business is my sort of magic part of being me. And I really built a business around my spreadsheets and my visualization using calendars to try to make it easy for women to talk about money. So two years ago now, I told the CEO I was taking a six-month sabbatical. And uh, here I am now full-time in my semi-retirement uh, helping people design their realities. That's incredible. And like, what was the shift that happened from, you know, working in the corporate uh, life and then wanting to go start your own business? What what was that shift? Um, I think the biggest shift is you give a lot of your heart and soul in the corporate space. And there's always other people making decisions around that. So I think that's the the shift in having the confidence to know that, you know, if I put the same effort and uh, abilities, and I mean, I had a lot of business experience, so I thought I'm just going to do it myself. And uh, but it's taken more time than I would have thought it was going to take to actually get to you know profitable revenue and operational like environment. And I'm really technical, so I think I have an advantage over a lot of my potential counterparts or people listening on the mastermind. The tech can really get in the way, um, but you know what? I, I like it and it's a bit of a game to me. So it's kind of my fun hobby. I'm a bit of a geek that way. Um, but yeah, the real shift was just saying, you know what? I can do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I had to, I figured out doing it as a side hustle. At some point I wasn't giving it the energy I needed to give my business. So I kind of took a bit of a, you have to trust yourself. And I just jumped in and I had a good support system around me. And I thought I just you know, go big or go home, go for it. And fortunately, the company, you know, was supportive and I probably could have gone back to the corporate job and probably, you know, I, I know that. So that was that was nice as well. Um, but I'm really at this point, really proud of myself for for jumping off the ledge and going for it and being focused on building my own empire and my own business. It's not an empire yet, but, you know, can always, I have the dream. <laughs> it's soon to be. 
soon to be actually. That's amazing though. Like I'm really, yeah. really getting uh, but, to really amazing people. Awesome. Awesome. Like what made you be able to have that risk taking mindset? Because, you know, obviously you had to take a risk leaving the corporate life and, you know, mm-hmm. betting on yourself. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I've been in corporate and I was in management. So, and we were a startup telecom company and, you know, we took risks and we, I really learned that entrepreneurial um, fire, I guess. I, I ran the telecom company like it was my own. So I always felt like, mm. you know, I was, I was an entrepreneur. I definitely had an entrepreneur mindset. Um, so it was just more, I guess, selfish saying, I'm going to do something that I love to do and really try to give back and help other women make money. I don't know. I, I really am. The business name is design your reality. So it's, it's really just core to my heart and who I am. It's kind of what I, what I do in the business is sort of what I've done with my friends forever and ever and ever. So to be able to, you know, package it up and help more people, um, that was definitely a driving, driving factor to say, go for it. And I love the name design your reality, because really that's, that's the path people should take. They should start doing things that they want to do. What actually makes them happy? Because like I said, a lot of people get stuck in that corporate ladder, you know, that rat race and they don't chase their dreams. They don't chase what they actually want to do. But can you talk more about like, you know, the course that you offer and everything that you offer with design your reality? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, you can check out my website, designyourreality.ca. I am in Canada. And I basically offer, I always like to start um, people with, a, it's called a Design Your Reality Experience. So it's a two-hour one-on-one session with me, um, and I do all the spreadsheeting. So most people hate doing that part. I love it. It's actually quite fun. I always leave the sessions full of energy and always my clients are like, where were you all my life? Cause I really create, you know, your current budget, your retirement budget, your current net worth, and then we can run scenarios. How are you going to actually get to the work back schedule of your income needs for when you actually don't want to do your day job? That's really all retirement is. I use a language retirement, but you know, it doesn't matter if you're 45, 55, You know, 65 would be sad, but a lot of people are in that position. You need enough income to live the life you want to live. And I'm not a big proponent. I'm like, I want to show people I'm playing in the space that's like healthy middle class. So reality, right? I'm not trying to teach people crazy dreams. I'm getting really real about people's money uh, with a very uh, specific slant. So I was always doing the design sessions. With trying to show people if you own a rental property, it's a good place. It's a one good place to really, you know, have a diversified uh, strategy. So that evolved about two years ago. I guess that was the moment when I decided to actually go full time because I was getting real traction in helping people figure out the rental property side of, you know, how to make money. And that's one of my programs is rental property concierge. So people can actually hire me to learn how to run their rental property business in a very passive, you know, designed way. But typically I always start with every client I have with their design session because I want to understand and make sure they're not over leveraging themselves, um, that they're understanding the cash flow, they're understanding how it impacts the net worth, and they can really build out a beautiful, you know, financial life plan 
but also making sure it's at their core of their heart and they're feeding their soul and they're not just chasing some, oh, I know I should do that for no real purpose or reason. Mm, I love it. So like, what are some of the main challenges that you see your clients facing and like, how do you overcome them? Yeah. So, uh, everyone's fed a lot on the internet, right? And I mean, I'm out there in the space, I'm doing the Facebook ad and, uh, there's a lot of rah, rah on what people are being told about how many works. Um, a lot of get quick, rich concepts. People will pay for that. That's what people will buy. If I was out there saying, Hey, come to me, I'm going to make it so easy. Give me $5,000 and I'm going to magically, you know, improve your life. I would sell more of my programs, but that's not who I am. I'm actually wanting to be real. I want to show people that you actually need to invest some money to buy a rental property. It's not, you know, money doesn't just actually proverbially grow off trees. Uh, it certainly grows a lot when you have it invested in good, good facilities. Um, but their, you know, risk reward is what I'm really showing people. So I find a lot of my clients are struggling with looking longer term. I feel we live in a world of such an immediate satisfaction. People can only seem to think like a year out. I'll say to people, you know, um, a rental property might be an investment of right now with the interest rates, $500 a month, say, out of your pocket. And people say to me, oh, my God, it's going to cost me money. Why isn't it cash flowing day one? But it's like you wouldn't go to your financial advisor and say, oh, I'm going to give you no money, but make me a million dollars in 25 years and create me a passive exactly. income stream of, you know, $1,500, $2,000 a month. But when it comes to real estate, because of what we're what the story is out there, which is a lot of kind of BS in a lot of ways. And anyone who wants to have a call with me, I'm happy to show you the numbers, obviously. Um, but, you know, it's like reality is it's an investment. That's why it's called an investment. You have to invest something. You have to have some leverage. You either have to put in some money. Um, so I'm really trying to teach people like reality, right? But if you can think longer term and we can actually see what 10 years looks like, all of a sudden, that three years, that $20,000 investment is like amazing how it works. But we live in this world where it's short term. I'm old enough. I'm 48 years old that I have enough experience to understand like 20 years is pretty quick how fast it goes. But it also is a really long runway to grow your money slowly and efficiently. It's how people make real wealth. Right. Real, mm -hmm. real wealth is not just a quick income hit. Real wealth is investing solid assets that sustain, you know, the ups and downs of the realist like banks <laughs> going out of business and interest rates going crazy. Um, long term strategies, I do believe, win the race. So trying to teach people that and not scaring them is where I'm trying to like play in that space. I need yeah, to get and there's all so the young people. I need to get all the young people understanding this. Yes, 100%. Because you know, you're 100% right. Because you got to think about the internet. We always promote, I don't know how much you're on like TikTok and these social medias, but they're always talking about these get rich quick schemes, drop shipping, trading, you know, all these things they're, they're, they promote like, oh, you're going to make 5,000 in a day. And that's just, it's not realistic. That's not how business works. That's never how business works. Like, it, it's, it's sad that that is what's promoted and that's what is popular. But, it is good that, you know, there's platforms like this and podcasts where you're able to get people that are actually in the business space and tell people, you know, it's a slow process. It's not something that happens overnight. 
But what are some things that you look for, like when it comes to rental properties and, you know, finding a great rental property? Yeah, absolutely. So in my course, I really get into the weeds of that, specifically here in Canada. Um, fundamentally, the the how you look for a good rental property, how you mitigate risk, how you run the business would, would hold true across the world. I mean, real estate is real estate. I've owned real estate in Costa Rica. I've owned real estate here in Canada um, and obviously own real estate here in Canada. Um, so you know, it's I for me, it's about mitigating risk. So when you got to get, you know, a, a price point of a house, that math is going to be as good as we can get it to work with interest rates right now. It doesn't work as good as it worked when interest rates were at, you know, 2%. Uh, but that's just math. It's just math. And so I try to find, you know, areas that are, you know, good for retirees, single moms, like nice clean streets. They take care of your house. So you get, you know, the best price for a house, but you also get a high enough rent. So I always look for this bit of a combination. Um, I have two areas. I do have a VIP program, which is fortunately or unfortunately my most popular program, but it is a waiting list because there's only one of me and people don't want to spend the time because that's the challenge, right? We can learn all the theory of how to buy a rental property. We can understand the math. Like there's lots of, you can Google the heck, it's all theoretical, but when you get down to the weeds of how do you analyze the house, which even that, okay, you can do that, but houses sell quickly. So emotionally as a first time you know, doing a rental property, you'll get exhausted before you actually buy. And that's, uh, that's kind of one of the challenges. So that's what I'm, you know, teaching people in my program, but then you can just hire me VIP and I'll basically hold your hand and actually help you look at listings, help you analyze almost like holding your hand really one-on-one. And I only take on one client, um, in my VIP program a month. So there is a waiting list. Um, and I've actually just certified another, VIP concierge coach that'll work with me to try to take on more clients. Because once you do it the first time and you set up how to operationalize your rental property business, um, again, remember I was the CEO of uh, telecommunications. I'm very operationally driven and my clients uh, and myself, they spend half an hour a year on the rental property. That's what my goal is. So it is truly a, a passive investor environment with a rental property. It doesn't the scare tactics that, um, you know, people use to get people to think, you know, it's too much work to own your own rental property. It's because those people are really trying to get you in a room and get you to give them your money and pay you, you know, a percentage income one time. But they're just really using other people's money, your money, to invest in their real estate. So my goal is to show people, no, own your own real estate just don't be afraid. So get over the hump. Come to me. I'll show you the way. I'll teach you all, all the ways to mitigate the risk to find the right rental property um, and then actually make the purchase. Like you actually got to own the properties. So that is where I'm sitting in that spot because that's the fear. You've actually hit it right on the head. Like how do you actually find the property? How do you actually make the decision? Like people's fear and emotion get in the way. And I've watched it. I spent 50 grand in real estate coaching in my life. Um, and I watch tons of people going through the programs and most people will get afraid and it feels like too much work and it feels just easier to give your money to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And like, how important is it to actually reinvent the wheel? You know, cause a lot of people can listen to the advice you give them and just, you know, plainly just copy it and, you know, they'll find a little bit of success, but 
what will really take people to that next step, in my opinion, is being able to take what you learn and then reinvent it in your own way. Would you agree? I would agree. So I'm, that's why like I could take somebody that has a big portfolio and help them improve their business. But my, my goal is that people do a simple rental property with me, you know, learn your money, see how it works. If you can get to the place you have the equity and the leverage, buy your first simple rental property, learn how to operate your business and then go from there, right? Just keep growing, keep expanding, keep learning. Once you mentally get through, I think, I feel any of my clients, they all have a shift. Like I get amazing emails two years later, like Tracy, you really changed the way I think about even my RSPs. Like I make people just love their money. It's kind of a bit of a cliche thing, but I've had to find women's language, right? Like we talk about flowers, right? We, we don't just, we don't, we don't just like make a beautiful garden, like in half a second, right? And it's it's better to buy like perennial flowers that just keep growing and nurture. And guess what? That is what how money works, right? If you're just always buying annual flowers, buying that next orchid, buying that next, well, orchids, you can technically continue to make them grow. But again, takes time and patience, right? So the flowers analogy actually is very likened to money um, where, you know, there isn't this like, get rich quick and let's not throw our money away. Let's use the money we earn after tax dollars to learn how to make it actually make a beautiful field of flowers versus what what we do when we're younger is we want the quick hits, right? It's like, oh, I want the Louis Vuitton when I'm 25. Well, that's a thousand bucks. If you took that thousand dollars and actually put it in an RSP, reduced your income, took that return, put it in the RSP, now you've got $1,500. You're $1,500 closer to buying your first house. Then you're that much closer to buying your first rental property. Like, Start to think differently about your money. Stop feeling it's so hopeless to get ahead. It's not hopeless to get ahead. Just need to to love your money better. Like learn how to cook, eat cheaper food, buy your bigger bags Mm. of rice. You know, that stuff is not long term than when you're my age, you know, or when you're 45, you have you're using the money you've made to buy the Louis Vuittons, right? Like I almost play a game in my life now where the money I spend that isn't investment money, I actually try to almost, it always, almost in my mind, almost always has to come from some kind of investment. Like it's fake money. It's not my hard earned money. My hard earned money is going to feed my engine, which then I'll, you know, take the fruits from the trees and go spend that. So, but it takes time to get there. But people I feel the younger generations think it's hopeless and I'm trying to show them If you get really comfortable with the money game and aren't afraid of looking at those spreadsheets, you're going to behave differently. You're going to spend differently. And that's what's long-term going to make you wealthy. Yep. And you also start to think differently, you know, surrounding yourself by the right people. And can you say like, you know, the people you've brought onto your course, has those relationships developed into actually, you know, meaningful relationships and relationships that you're able to take and use to push yourself farther in your business? Absolutely. So I'm definitely, like I said, the VIP program is already getting to referrals. I have real estate agents hiring me because they're busy, right? They get it. They need to buy rentals. Um, And we're not buying rentals in our back 
backdoor. We're buying them in other provinces around the country. This is very passive. So I have mortgage brokers hiring me. Um, so they're very big on referrals and word of mouth. So yeah, eventually one day, I mean, there'll probably just be, I don't want to really actually grow an empire. I'm very true to my design your reality lifestyle. I travel about five months of the year now. Um, you know, I just have a good, good flow. And I'm just, if the more people I can bring into my tribe, uh, maybe I'll get to a place where I have two or three coaches because that I can manage and it's fun. But, um, you know, one day I can picture, you know, 50 of my clients going to a beautiful retreat somewhere and we're just all, all part of this, you know, engine. Will people maybe start businesses that are coming out of what they've learned? You know, can more people be familiar or comfortable talking about money, not being afraid of it? I mean, I really just feel like women in general are really bad at talking about money. We have this whole guilt thing around being wealthy, right? It's like, bad to be a landlord. It's bad to own properties. We're not helping. If people put on my Facebook, well, you're not helping the the low income housing crisis. And I'm like, no, I'm not, but I'm helping the middle class keep the dollars in our pockets so we can actually not have to depend on our government when we're old. Like there's reality here of what's going on with our aging, uh, aging population and how not set up people are for retirement. We are just that's why people work in Walmart when they're 65 and 70 years old. It's kind of a sad state of affairs. And uh, it's because we don't know how to use our money. It's not taught in school, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to kind of build an empire. and would love to, you know, solve the world and, you know, educate everybody. But at the same time, I also don't have my ego in the way. And I don't think I'm that important. So if I can get to, you know, a nice circle of clients that appreciate me and can tell their kids and share it with their friends. And I think I've done, I've left my legacy as big as I want to kind of leave my, my legacy behind, but who knows where it will go. Right. And I mean, it's growing now and it's getting busy. And I guess as I do these sort of events and opportunities to get my word out there, who knows where it will go to. Right. Sky's the limit with anything, really. As long as you put your mind to it, you can do anything. Like that's that's how you need to look at everything in life, in my opinion. But you mentioned like people, you know, the age of retirement is uh getting older and older and older. Like, why is that? Because in my opinion, I think it's a lack of one, people looking at investment strategies, way they can w- ways they can put their money and actually, you know, get money back. And also a lack of people having drive, really. What would you think? Um, people think, I I do think like though, I mean, I'm 48, so I run my own business. I still get up every day at, you know, eight o'clock. I have my morning routine now because I've read the 5am club. I've kind of modified it to Tracy's design your reality. I do a whole ideal week in a life and I try to live by that. I went to the spa on Tuesday for a full day by myself with my journal, you know, came up with how can I, cause I have people say, Tracy, I just want you to mentor me. I'm like, Oh, I don't have that program. So I'm like, you know, always like, how can I, how can I help as many people as I can, but with keeping a balance. So working hard and smart is key there. You have, you, you do this. Like it's not, it doesn't just happen. So I think people to a degree that drive isn't there. And I think it goes back to that long-term uh, strategy. People want the quick hits. They want the, you know, oh, I'm going to buy something low. I'm going to use other people's money. I'm going to renovate and poof. It's like they watch the stuff on TV. Even that is difficult. Like if you're not a good contractor or you have to pay people and pay margin, like people don't understand money generally. So there's no, mm. 
there isn't. So then what happens is people become, you know, 35, they think, oh, it's just all going to be fine. At 45, they start realizing, oh my God, like nothing's really changed since I was 35. My net worth hasn't gone up. I still haven't saved any money. I guess I should start thinking about it. So I get a lot of people from my Facebook ad, because my, my, lead magnets, five secrets, how to buy rental properties for retirement income. And they'll call me and they think they can like with no money immediately just own real estate and create passive income. It's like, it takes 20 years. Like it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in like five minutes with no money. So you have to get, you actually do need to save. You do need to invest. You do need in Canada to use the strategies that exist. You need to spend less, you know, than you make. Like the fundamentals have not ever changed in the history of the world as far as getting ahead and making money. It's just, I think it's this short-term view that this sort of current generation, including people my age, have. And then what happens is they become 55 and they're like, oh my God, I don't have a pension for my company like my grandparents would have had. Oh, so where the heck's the money going to come from? Oh, I have, I've saved some RSPs. You go to talk to your financial advisor and you find out, well, that might make you a thousand dollars a month. And then you're like, okay, I got my CPP and old age security. And I mean, I show people how to make sure they know what that's going to be. But my after tax at 65 is going to be $1,400 and I've paid into it corporate, like regular job my whole life. So that's $1,400. So $1,400 plus my RSP money that I've maxed out is a thousand, that's $2,500 uh, that's not exactly living a lovely middle class lifestyle. So where is the other two thousand, three thousand dollars a month of income going to come from? And uh, you know that's that's the gap. That is the gap. And if you wait till you're sixty five or even fifty five to start thinking about it, it's going to be tricky. You're going to have to work. You know that's that's just the reality. There's no magic or people hope that they get inheritance. I think that's the other one that you know, <laughs> let's hope the parents can help out. So yeah, there's a hopefully they that. get rich. There's a lot of this like, oh, money's not important conversation, right? Lifestyle, it's all about lifestyle. But then the reality is those people are getting handouts. Well, how is that? Like, that's not how the world works. So it's this weird sort of thing where people are not taking ownership and, you know, put a helmet on. Life is tough. Like, this is reality. So don't wait till you're 65 to figure out that, oh, shoot, I live this beautiful, like, lifestyles of the rich and famous smoke and mirrors, and I'm in debt. And then when I'm 65, it doesn't actually change. No, you're actually going to be renting and maybe sharing a crappy apartment with another little old lady. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, do you think money is, like, kind of more of a mindset type of thing? Because, you know, when people are working a job for $15 an hour, hour, sorry, you know, you're pretty much saying your value is $15 an hour, your time is worth $15, you know, and I feel like people that don't have that restriction on how much, you know, their time is worth, or they have it above, obviously, minimum wage, they're able to take themselves to the next level. Yeah, so you're, so the thing is, the people that have that mindset tend to be more sales driven people. Okay, extroverts, people that are like, so any of us that can do this, right, speak, talk, understand sales, we have an opportunity to make more money, right? So generally, it's easier for us to go, okay, yeah, I get I'm not going to work. But we also wouldn't work for $15 an hour in a minimum wage job, right? Like we actually understand we're salespeople, we can be managers, we can make a lot of money. Um, But if you're not a salesperson, you're not an extrovert, 
What are your options? So you need to get a good job. You're not really mm. going to get ahead in this world making 15 bucks an hour. So you do have to think, and I, you know, I'll get people that are stuck and I'm like, why do you think you can't get more skills? Why do you think mm. you are stuck? Like you have skills, learn some Excel, like look on indeed, figure out what other, you need to make more money. You have to make enough money that you can live within your means and save and invest. So to think you're going to survive in this world making $35,000 a year in Canada, no, you're probably going to need handouts from your parents or you need to live in the <laughs> basement, right? Like there is no magic to kind of to how money works. So you either need to increase your skills, get a better job, or, you know, absolutely. Have my building a coaching business is, can I expand this like crazy? Can I charge more money? Absolutely. But I have experience. I've been doing this a long time. I'm not afraid of the tech. And it's like, then you, you could expand your mind to making more money. But for the average middle class kind of person that's out there, they don't, if you're not a salesperson, it's actually kind of hard to get ahead if you don't have money. Money makes money. So you got to start somewhere. And even if you're only making the 15 bucks an hour, I'd say stop spending it all at McDonald's and learn how to cook at home. Start somewhere. Don't limit yourself and throw the money away. That's what I think I see the most is I've had people, it doesn't matter if they're bringing home $10,000 a month after tax, 20. I used to make a ton of money when I was in my early stages of telecom sales. And I was bringing home 15 grand a month after tax dollars 20 years ago. And I'll tell you, I was doing exactly what other people that are that young do, I threw it away. I would go shopping and drop four grand, right? I would buy the prettiest mm. clothes. I would buy the fanciest shoes. I would drive the nicest cars. And now in hindsight- And if like, you don't mind me asking, how did that make you feel in the moment? Well, of course, it's the adrenaline, right? Buying all that. We want the, we want the dopamine, mm -hmm. we feel we're cool. Now, fortunately, I still bought a house and then I bought my first two student rentals because I was pretty aware about money. But I think, man, look how much further ahead I could have been if I wasn't so silly and trying to get those immediate rushes. But whether you're making 15 grand after tax, 20 grand, 30 grand, you see it all the time, right? We'll watch the ClickFunnels people. They're winning the awards. Uh, you see it in real estate a lot. People, Salespeople can make a lot of money, but if you spend it all, you're not any further ahead. So it is sort of this, you need a minimum for sure, to be able to have enough to be able to get ahead. You need to be smart about your money. But that's why you'll see people that do make 15 bucks an hour, if they live a different lifestyle, they are still getting ahead further down the road because they've been frugal, right? They understand how money works. Versus you got people that are making tons of money. If they blow it all, they're still not any further ahead when it comes to retirement. Or I you have people that constantly are making the money and constantly spending the money. So that's cool if that's what you want to do. But I think it's it's nice eventually to get to a place where you've got passive money from your assets and creating really, truly generational wealth. So, yeah, that's kind of my I feel like some of my theories and philosophies, I'm very say it as it is. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm happy to have anyone like <laughs> have a conversation about it. But I think uh, I think unless you're kind of a salesy type of person, you're going to have a hard time, you know, doing the making a lot of money out of you know, with little time. But if mm -hmm. you're in sales of any kind, you have an opportunity to make more money. Like if everyone could be a salesperson, I would say the sky's the sky can actually be a bit of a limit, um, unlimited for us because it's a different game.
Right. And I think you honestly provided the solution by saying, you know, skills, find a way to develop skills that, you know, tailor to what you are good at. And like, with that being said, like, if you could go back to, you know, your teenage years, 16, what would be some things you would do differently to build yourself up from that young age? Um, I probably would have, I don't, for me, I probably should have been a financial advisor, truthfully. Like I went to university and I think I didn't know what to do or I didn't have parents that uh, were educated. So I didn't, I didn't like know the education path because uh, I always loved money. I loved the money conversations and I probably would have been a really great financial advisor. Um, but, you know, I went down the tech path and that was really good. But I probably would have paid a little more attention to the school side of things um, without a without a without a without the education. You just learn more, right? So I, I'm a I know how to learn. I think education's good. You, those skills are really uh, transferable. If I'm talking to younger girls today, I'm like math and science. Honestly, being in sales when I was in sales 20 years ago, there was salaries and good commissions. Today. In the same industry, in those same jobs, it's a lot of commission only. And corporate is tough, right? It's very competitive. Uh, job loyalty, employee loyalty isn't there. So you're you're always under this pressure uh, of feeling like you're going to lose your job. So, you know, and having our own businesses is great, but you have to be able to afford the ups and downs of the revenue and the, the hustle of that. So if I was going back, I would probably say, you know, I would probably have been a financial advisor. I think that could have been a really good gig or maybe I would have ran a really good real estate uh, company, but yeah, follow what you love. You know, I look at what I'm doing now. I've been loving doing the spreadsheets and the financial planning piece of it for 20 years. And now I'm loving it. Like this has not worked to me when my clients message me, I'm happy to talk about their situation. I want people to figure this out. I want people to have a good lifestyle right and it doesn't have to be overwhelming shut off the social media a bit more <laughs> it's probably a yes. big, big message but yeah don't limit yourself and i don't want to sound like i'm limiting but it's almost like i'm trying to say be real about it if you want to watch four hours of netflix a day stop making yourself feel like that's a bad thing to do you know if you want to be a gamer and you like gaming fine but stop ordering food you know, make something that's in a slow cooker that costs $10 versus $40. And guess what? You're going to be able to game that extra hour. Like, I, it's kind of like do what you love to do and stop thinking that you have to be this superstar. Yeah, have a nice, normal life. Like, I do the des um, ideal week for people in the design your reality uh, sessions. And it's actually kind of amazing. People want a calm, peaceful life. People want to have a good night's sleep. People want to wake up in the morning. They want to feel not stressed. We don't want pressure from clients. We don't want we don't want assholes in our life. We kind of want to have you know healthy food in our life. We want to have we want to grow old, old gracefully. We want to have friends. We want to be able to do some travel. And that's sadly kind of what I'm seeing for most people. But we get fed. We should have this more you know Kardashian lifestyle and. It's fine, but those people aren't necessarily the happiest, right? Exactly. So we'll talk to some 65 and 7-year-olds out there and ask them these questions. And I suspect you would find that most people just want to have safety, no fear of losing their assets. They don't want to be thinking about money. They want to just know they can go out for dinner with friends if they can. They can go on a trip if they want to go on a trip. They're not worrying about bills at all. And they're just having a nice, calm, lovely little life.
Yeah. And I, I love that you're pushing people to actually do what they want to do. Cause most people, you know, they push them down the traditional routes, you know, lawyer, doctor, you know, you know, the regular stuff. Like I love that you're saying, you know, go ahead, watch Netflix. But if you're going to be watching Netflix, learn, you know, the different type of editing that's going on, you know, learn yeah. some skills while you're also consuming stuff that you like, you know? Yeah. I think the younger people is that like my whole worksheet is in the design your reality is like what feeds your soul what do you love to do and i say to people look at the small things like what really makes you happy if you don't like people then don't go into something where you're going to be dealing with people if you want flexibility in your lifetime probably shouldn't be a doctor because that's pretty still one-on-one now i think being a real estate lawyer is a pretty good shtick and it seems to be done very remotely these days so i do think that's a very probably like pretty cool, easy job, Um, you know, money making job in hindsight. But yeah, you want to think about what you want to do. Like I said to you earlier, you know, when I was a kid, I liked to play business. That was my thing. My sister and I, we would play real estate. We would get the listings. We would like have a desk. Like we pretended we were business people. And I used to watch soap operas. It's crazy, right? Like I was growing up with the young and the restless. I wanted to be Lauren Fenmore. Like that's that was my frame of reference, right? I wanted to go to an office and it looked cool. And uh, now I look at myself in my my own business and I, I actually have that mindset. Today I'm going to get up and I'm going to go play business. And I do. And I'm like, do, 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 do. And it's all fun. And, you know, I, I, it's, it's like I go into it because I like doing that. So um, I, you read books and people will, and it's, I think it's absolutely true. You know, if you go back to your seven, eight-year-old self, what were you doing naturally? What did you like to do? It's probably in your soul what you would like to be doing now, mm. right? So it's like, think about that. But a lot of us do what we're told and then we try to like fake it. And I think that's where I got in corporate. I was good at it, right? I like telecommunications. I like tech, but man, oh man, everyone's always like kind of miserable in tech, in telecom, right? No one's ever happy that their phone service works. Nobody's ever happy their internet's working. They only call you when they're pissed off, right? So it's like, and I'm a, I want people to be happy. So I wasn't really in the right business for Tracy because I want to actually see that people are happy. I want to hear that appreciation. I want to be helpful. And the services in the space I was in didn't really align with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go back Amazing. to what Look. you loved when you were seven and eight. You probably like to pretend you were uh, talking to people on a, on a talk show and look at you. <laughs> I was over there trying to be, you know, record skits, record, you know, YouTube videos, kind of like the same thing, you know, getting on a podcast, getting on camera. Like it, it is funny. You're exactly right. And you know, it's funny you say that one, the seven is like the times you're most receptive to information and two things that you like. So like, you're exactly right. You know, you need to go back deep in yourself from when you were a child and figure out, okay, what did I like then? And I guarantee you're going to end up liking it now as you're older you know but um it was a great podcast like you came on here provide some great value for the people where can they find you like the shout out your stuff yeah so tracy at designyourreality.ca is my email check me out my website uh, designyourreality.c you can get to see my programs uh, testimonials from customers it's obviously a contact form i just throw in there that you heard me on the podcast I honestly text me 519-500-6646. Like I'm always happy to have a 15 minute call with anybody, hear your situation and see if maybe I can give you a tip or information and maybe just help you. And obviously if you want to do a design session, those are fantastic. I would recommend that to anyone. $1,000 Canadian. And usually I find you the $1,000 of your life to save. 
Incredible, incredible. You got any last words for the audience? No, just uh, don't throw away your money. Invest it wisely. Don't give your money to other people and make them rich. Figure out how to own and control your own wealth. Awesome. Yep. We'll see you guys next time on the Mastermind Podcast. Peace. That was actually really, really good. You killed that.